The Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club and the Beach House at Barwon Heads are proud to bring you Episode 4 of The Tree on the Wing. In 2003, twin brothers named Jed and Dylan Holland arrived at Barwon Heads from the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Jed was a man-child and had already played for representative teams in the Sunshine Coast and was no doubt welcomed as a valuable addition to the team at Barwon Heads. His smaller twin Dylan was more interested in meeting new friends than in playing serious footy. Far more dedicated to his surfing and swimming, Dylan struggled to get a regular game in the team and was sometimes left unable to play footy at all. With winter surfing opportunities in southern Victoria restricted to fur seals, Dylan, aka Dizzy, drifted more and more towards footy. Increased dedication to the game saw Dizzy improve until eventually the lightly framed kid played senior footy for the heads. Self-consciousness about spaghetti arms meant Dizzy wore long sleeves, and as he improved and established himself in the team, he became superstitious about their powers, and they became part of his trademark. He is now not only an integral member of the senior team at the Seagulls, but a regular interleague player, and is one of the very few Bowen Heads players ever to have represented Vic Country. We love him on the hill, he's worshipped by the kids and respected by his teammates and his opponents. Nipper and I both played cricket with Dizzy, so we've known him for ages, and we chatted with him at the beach house while he was recovering from one of his all-too-frequent injuries. He's a river bloke, loves the game in Bowen Heads, and has shown great loyalty over many seasons. We hope you'll enjoy hearing from Dylan Holland. Okay, we're recording. G'day everybody, I'm Teddy Donnell. Welcome to the Tree on the Wing. I'm joined again at the beach house in Bowen Heads by my co-host Russell Nipper Highland. G'day Nip, how are you going? Very well, thank you Teddy, and good evening listeners. What now, a great day it is down here at the beach house. It's a beautiful day today, lovely sunny day in Bowen Heads. As my father used to say, it never rains in Bowen Heads. Occasionally we do get a heavy sea spray. Yes. We are joined this evening by someone who's quite dear to our hearts at Bowen Heads. He's been around for a very long time. Probably longer than I thought, actually, yeah. given that you yeah. have, you've done a bit of research and looked it up. Thanks for doing that, Nick, because I've done none. He's played all his footy at Bowen Heads, pretty much, all his club footy at least. Yep. Played a bit of cricket with him. Yeah. He was a promising league spinner mm. at one point. I reckon I ruined that behind the stumps with the gloves a couple of times. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're very pleased to have with us Dylan Dizzy Holland. G'day, Boys. Dizzy. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. Nick? How yeah, are you? good to see you, mate. Yeah, it's been good. Well, I was doing a bit of research today, and um, I was just thinking, you know, about Dizzy playing footy, and he's famous for wearing the long sleeve jumper. Uh, we'll ask him a little bit later on what that's about, but um, I saw him representing the league a couple of weeks ago down at Queen's Park. The Ballerine played against the GDFL, and he was quite prominent out there, put in a very serviceable game, but did get injured. And again, we'll ask him about that, but he's probably <laughs> one of the most decorated interleague players the club's ever had. Regularly represents the Ballerine League in interleague games and even the Victorian Country Football League. He's gone as far as that a couple of times, which I don't think anyone in the Bowenheads history has done that at senior level that I can recall. So that's a pretty proud thing. And uh, what I found out today was, could have been before that, but I did find it 2011 he represented the VCFL in second division. Would that have been the first time? Yeah, I think it was back in... Yeah, I think 2011 or... Yeah, 2011. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, that's that's eight years ago. You would have been, what, 12? <laughs> yeah, about 12, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, early 20s sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, early so 20s, great yeah. achievement. How old are you now, Diz? 29. 29. Yeah. Now... We need to do our, um, our icebreaker. Yeah. So the only question that we, we let our guests know about is that we are going to ask you an icebreaker, which is the old two truths and a lie. Mm-hmm. So you've got to tell us three things about yourself, all of which could be true, but one of which is not. So what do you got for us? Uh, I, I did think about this. Um, I have... Um, I've hit a hole in one in golf. Um, at Bowen Heads. It's better than our earlier guest who bragged about having a hole in three. Yeah, hole in three. <laughs> it took me a while to work out what that was, but I did in the end. <laughs> um, the at sec- Bowen Heads. Uh, oh, 
Par three. Yep. Let's, let's, let's clarify yep. that. The other one is I saved a girl's life down at the beach this summer. And the other one is I've, I've played football for Port Arlington and Motawari. All right. Fantastic. Mm. There you go. All right. So we'll let the listeners cogitate on that, and we will. And we'll I, I could tell you about his budding cricketing, cricketing career that I almost <laughs> ruined. We were playing Drysdale and Little Granite Barnheads, and we had Drysdale in a bit of trouble on the first day. And I can't remember whether I was oh, captain I or not, but Dizzy, Dizzy came on to bowl late in the day, got a wicket. This was looking good, and one of the Drysdale finer batsmen came to the crease and charged Dizzy first ball he faced, and ball landed perfectly. Broke sharply, he missed it, hit me in the chest, bounced off. So we could have had him for a golden, but we could didn't. Have. He went on and got 140. <laughs> got 150 and, and... And he spanked them. Well, he did play a bit of decent cricket that played. Yeah, yes, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I see Chris quite a bit. At my son and he's play uh, cricket together, yeah. or did last season, and uh, he umpires and coaches them a little bit. And uh, he, he will bring that up a bit. I yeah. didn't realise you were the bowler, did you? Yeah, yeah, no. It was, it was one of the best league spinning balls I've ever seen. Beat yeah. very experienced batsman all ends up, and beat quite an experienced keeper all ends up as well. Yeah. There you go. Too good for the both of us. That's it. Yes. So, Dizzy, yeah. you started, you played junior footy at Bowen Heads? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, um, moved down from, originally from Noosa. Yeah. So I moved down back in 2003, I think it was. Yeah, and uh, moved to Bowen Heads and then made my way down to the local footy club to make some friends and ended up playing uh, there. I think Wow was actually my first first coach there, okay. under-16s. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, just absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, so six, yeah. So who, who would have been playing? Who was that vintage you uh, first started playing with? Michael Fallon. Oh, yeah. Big yeah, Mickey Fell. Beautiful A grade cricketer down mm-hmm. at Bowen Heads. Yeah. George Sands, big Ned Wallace down back. Yeah. 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 Timmy Mitchell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Young yeah. Tim Mitchell. Yeah, Timmy Mitchell. Yeah, so one of the, one of the finer Herald Sun yes. footballing journalists yes. now. Yes, yes. He's, yes. He's, he called a bit of footy, Tim. Yeah, he's called a bit I of remember football. I sitting, remember sitting in front of him. I reckon it was the day when we beat the Grove over there by 114 points. I remember being there one day and he was very passionate in the commentary box. Yes. Yeah, I remember <laughs> yes. standing in front of the caravan and having him go, move your f- <laughs> head, Teddy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it went to air. Yeah. yeah. Good bunch of blokes. Yeah, great bunch. So in Noosa, mm. were you, did you play footy? Oz kick? Yeah, any- yeah, yeah, yeah. Played uh, footy up there for the Noosa Tigers. Noosa yeah? Tigers. Yeah, Noosa Tigers. Yes. We um, actually won... Did a three-peat in the, in the flags in under-12s and under-14s, which is... Um, yeah. Wow. That's pretty special. Yeah, it's very special. It's flat. Yeah. Never took footy too serious. I was more into my surfing. And, yeah. Um, and even when I came down here, Thank you. I didn't really take football too serious. More of a get-to-know friends. We've just and been brought out a magnificent plate of, mm, of yeah. food by the staff at the Beach House. And we do thank Brian for his culinary support, also for his beverage-style support. What brought the family down? So dad was working down here. Um, and uh, so I was originally born in Queensland, in uh, Nambour, and then made the move down to Melbourne. And we lived in Montrose, in the Dandenongs, for a, for a little bit. And then yeah. we moved back up to Queensland. And, and dad was working down here as a glazier, working at a company in Melbourne. And so he was flying back and forth for a long time. And then mum decided we need to make the move. And yep. my sister had moved to Marwin Heads, and which was a little... You know, sleepy seaside yeah, town back yep. then, and she's a bit older. Yeah, she's a bit older. Yeah, yep. we wanted to be by the coast, and we instantly fell in love with the place. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So, how how many in the family, Diz? There's six brothers and sisters, so seven of us. Yeah, keepers. Yeah. Where do you where do you fit in? I've got a younger sister, Georgia. Yep. Um, she's actually just moved back up to Noosa, um, with her partner. Twi- obviously, a twin brother, Jed. Yep. yep. Big brown shark, and then another sister, Bessie, who's an actress. Okay. Um, she was on the show Wentworth, and she's currently doing Cosy, which is a big play up at the Malthouse Theatre oh, yeah. in Melbourne. Yep. And older sister Laura, who's in Geelong, and then two older brothers, Christian and Ben. Christian's a, a school teacher up in Lennox Head, yep. and then Ben's on the Sunshine Coast. He's a pool builder. So cool. they didn't move down? No, no. So Christian and Ben stayed in Queensland, and then... All my other siblings are down here. And your folks have stayed down here too? Yeah, my folks are down here. They're yep. over in Port Arlington. Well, between Port Arlington and St. Leonard's there. Yeah. Yep. You come down to the footy club like people do when they yes. come into a new community to meet people. And yep. um, obviously you and the big fella came down 
came down with you. What age? Yeah, under six, under sixteen. Under sixteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bottom age, top age there. Yeah, bottom age at that time. I mean, Jed, Jed was already a, a representative for the Sunshine Coast football up in up okay. in Noosa. Yep. Um, so he was a, he was he was always part of the rep rep teams going through primary school and then in the under 14s representing the Sunshine Coast. So he was he was very much into his football more than what I was. I was more like I said into my surfing and hanging with mates. And then I suppose it stayed that way through all my juniors at Bowenheads. He was a very, uh, very solid footballer, representing, I think, at, at, at Falcons. Yep. Um, and then, yeah. Because he was a big kid. Yeah. He, 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 yeah. Big kid, big kid. You know, he was a, he was a man child. He was a man child. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was very much a, a, what they call a late developer or a late bloomer. Yeah, because I remember when you were playing cricket with us, you yeah. were you, like, you know, you used to go, well, there's that's Dylan's brother over there, that yeah. giant. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, you they're, couldn't believe they're it. They're twins? Yeah. 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 I reckon I remember one of your first senior games, Bowen Heads. And I was up on the hill, and I reckon you were playing on the half forward flank mm. in front of the coach's box. And um, you didn't look out of place. You had a lot of skills and that sort of thing, but you did get pushed around a little bit and, you know, thrown to the ground. I thought, oh, well, you know, he's only young. He'll learn mm. and that sort of thing. But... I didn't expect you to grow mm. either, you mm. know, from being a half-forward flanker to becoming a key position strongman in the club. Yeah. But, uh, quite remarkable. When you mm. say you're a late developer, you really did shut up. Wow, Mitchell said he was a late developer and shot up to five foot eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Came off a pretty low base and, yeah. and ended up at <laughs> not at much pretty low base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, you, your development through... To play in senior footy, what was your wh- when was your first year of senior footy? Oh, I think it was would have been around two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight, probably just after high school. Yeah, I like I said, I never took football serious, and then I suppose in my junior days, I um I actually couldn't I couldn't get a game for the under 18s I used to go home, you know, quite upset. Who, who was co- who was coaching that team? Uh, I reckon Peter, Peter Sudis. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason yeah. Sutis' old man. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's so that, that's the team that won the flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so the year after that, mm-hmm. that was my first year in under 18s yeah. However, Jed, Jed did play in that flag, and because yeah. he was obviously good enough to play at ends back then, so yep. he was um, underage there. Um, but yeah, the next, the following year, couldn't get a game. I remember I was just going home, just absolutely gutted, and I used to get home and go to my room and do my push-ups, do my sit-ups, and try and get better. But yeah, what, couldn't get did, a game. What did you do on the weekend if you didn't get a game? I had to go basically just watch the boys and yeah, yeah that, was, that was it. We've heard a similar story to that. Um, another person that we've spoken to from the footy club had the same scenario. Yeah, I was, was going to say, we can, give, we can give it away. It's Cam O'Leary. Yeah, when he, we spoke to Cam O'Leary, he had a, he had a similar story. He couldn't get a game in the under six, in 16, the under 16 seconds. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he'd go and play soccer. Yeah, so sometimes he'd play soccer on the weekend and footy. Other times he'd just play soccer. Yeah. And then um, two or three years later, he's won an under-18 best and fairest. Mm. And then a couple of years later, he's won a senior, senior best and fairest. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. There might be something in that for the junior coaches around the club. Yes. Yep. The, the idea that there were enough boys in town for some not to get a game oh, is something yeah. that would have been foreign to you and I in our oh, day. Yeah. God. Imagine not, imagine not getting a game. You'd... The only reason you didn't get a game is because you died. Yeah. Like, you, you couldn't... Uh, Even if you weren't in town, you got a game. <laughs> just to, and someone else would play under your name. And it wasn't just me. <laughs> oh, that, that would happen too, yeah. There was a number of boys that, that couldn't yeah. get in. and There are boys we never yeah. met who played 200 games. <laughs> <laughs> so, who, who else is around? Peter Sudis, Wow's your yeah, coaches. Who else the, um, was around the club in those days? In those days? Yeah, once... I suppose once A 18s had finished up, obviously he came in seniors and Mick Hackins was my first senior coach. Yep. Yep. Anyway, I managed to the following year managed to to get into the 18s and and play some play some okay football. Started down forward and and then from there, like I said, never took football serious. And then I started to feel get a bit of a love for it and sort of surfing surfing came second. And then I started working hard and played seniors the following the following year in the preseason and. Got a game in the ones and played a couple of games. I think I remember playing against Thompson in the in the preseason and the lead up to the season and I suppose held my own. But then went back and just played reserves. And then I was always in and out in my first year of seniors. 
go up and play mm. a couple of games or go up and play a game, come back. Um, and that was, that's just the way it was. So Mick Atkins was your first senior coach? Yep. Yeah. So his style compared to that that you would be aware of now, mm. a little bit different? Yeah, very different. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of tough love from, from Mick. Yeah. I mean, when he spoke, he listened. And I suppose I suppose some people that would, would shy away from that, that tough love and, um, you know, don't respond too well to that. But I suppose, I think, I think that's what drove me, actually, to become the footballer or the yeah. career that I've had was that tough love from Mick. Um, well, it's a thing of the past in today's football, that type of coach. But, I mean, you know, it works for some, it doesn't work for others. Yeah. And Mick I, can't, certainly... I can't imagine... Pete Sudis was a shrinking violet. No, he either, wasn't. So. No, no, no. Pete, um, Pete was actually yeah very similar. Yeah. Again, when he spoke, you listened, and we, I remember having some tough pre-seasons with him. Like he pushed it, he put us absolutely through the ringer in under 18s. Like unheard of the way yeah. that we were training at, at under under 18 level. But yeah, we'll fit. And again, tough love from from yeah. another from yeah. another guy. Well, yeah, but but also um, if you think about if you looked at the team that played in our in the grand final last year mm. and there'd be a number of guys who played yeah. under <clears throat> Peter Sudis under Peter Sudis and even and Mick Atkins, Atkins yeah. as well that, yeah. have, so. that have stuck with the footy club seen that there's something to be gained by the hard work that yeah. those, and that ethic that those those tough coaches have pushed into yeah. you and you've ended up having some success out of it. One of the great things about that team is the number of guys that played their junior footy yeah. at Barwon Heads yeah. who were in that team. Yeah. It's not it's not just an imported team. No, no, exactly right. Yeah, full of yeah, full of local boys have been there for for um, you know, for a good 10 years. Mm. Yeah. We spoke before about um, representative footy. Mm. So, and you you've played a bit of representative footy. Yeah. Um, so just talk us through some of that. Yeah, um, I suppose again Again, coming up through the ranks, I um, like I said, couldn't get a game at under 18s level, and then coming up through Mick and getting a bit of tough love, getting dropped, you know, just just drove me to get in the gym, get a bit of size, get fit, and then from there, um, I, I, I managed to, I suppose, have a breakout year when we had Burnsy yeah. and Nida. Yep. Yeah, and they came on and, and coached, and yeah, had a breakout year there and managed to to break the interleague team, and then my first game, I, was, I remember I was thinking, I was like. You know, how have I been picked? I just couldn't believe it. I was, I was lined up with some really good footballers. And I remember we went off our first... My first game was up up to Donald. About a three-hour bus yeah, ride. Yeah. I got the, the heads up, playing on a bloke. It's kicked 50-odd goals in, in eight games. Yeah, yeah. So heart was racing. And I remember I was sitting on the bus with Bobby Wallace. And Bob Bob just said, you'll be right, mate. And anyway, ended up playing... I think I kept him to one goal and ended up winning the... Best on ground. Medal, yeah. Um, Bull Bennett yep. medal. Bull Bennett medal. Yeah. And then from there, I literally, I, I remember, I, I, it was cu- must have been a couple of weeks after the Interleague team, and I, I Interleague game, and I got a message from a mate saying, you made the Vic, the Vic Country squad. And I was like, what are, you going on, what are you going on about? And he's like, you've made the Vic Country squad. Check the internet. So I went, hopped on, and sure enough, my name was there. And then I got home, and there was a letter in the mail that said I'd been selected to play in the, uh, train in the squad for the Vic Country, and... And so, yeah, from there went up, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to go, and I'm not going to train. I'm, I'm not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I think it was just a fluke the way I played in in the, in the interleague game, and but then a bit of encouragement from a few, and went up and trained, and yeah, got got selected and played played as a key position at at big country level, and we played um, played up in Shepparton against um, the VAFA. Yeah, yeah um, the Amateur League. Yeah, the Amateur League, and yep. um, end up having a really good game and yeah we ended up winning that by a, a fair margin in the end and and anyway again following year had a really good season with Bowen Heads and got selected to play Interleague again and that was down at Skill, Skill Stadium and I had an okay game but yeah. managed to get selected again to go up and train with Vic Country and, and from there got selected again and wow. so how many, how many I played three through Vic yeah Vic three game. years in a row Wow. country, yeah. yeah. I mean, I suppose you know you got the runs on the board, so yeah, exactly. We've seen you've done that, and and I I noticed from the sidelines a few times when I watched you play footy, and when I mentioned earlier on about you know the, the skinny little half forward mm. flanker, but um, then when I saw that you developed a bit bigger and they threw you up back, you coped with it, and then obviously they threw you into inter league and you coped with it, and then mm. they threw you up in the Victorian team and you coped with it. So mm. just those steps up, some people can just cope with it, others can't. Obviously, you've got the that, um, 
skill and tenacity yeah, that yeah. takes you up to the next level. And the Very sec- exciting. Yeah, the second year we went up to the championships, which was in was in Wagga, and uh, we played Queensland, South Australia, WA, big championships up there. And so I was part of the Vic, the Vic Two. Um, there was a Vic One and Vic Two. So Vic One yep. was leagues one to ten, and then yep. Vic Two was the ten down. And then so we um, managed. To, we played Vic One in the in the grand final. And I remember I had the job on Grant Weeks, who. For years, Bendigo. Kicked, yeah, Bendigo yeah. kicked 150 plus goals a year for Golden Square. So again, <laughs> he gave him a bath, didn't you? No, 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 no. He um he, he managed to kick. Uh, I think he kicked five. Um, but I ended up playing pretty well. And you know, so from that, I got selected to play in the Young Guns Young Guns game. But I had broken my finger in mm. the in the grand final, so I couldn't play that game. Um, but lucky enough, again, got to, got to be selected for the following year to play um, to play Victor, the Vic. Amazing. Yeah. Couldn't get a game under Couldn't get a game. <laughs> That's um, amazing. That is. Yeah. How, how old are you by then? So how many? By years? then, I think I'm about, yeah, probably about 20, 25. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. six, six years, six or yeah. seven years that yeah. you've developed from a guy who couldn't get a, couldn't get a game at Bowen Heads yeah. to a bloke who's played who's, who's a, a regularly picked player yeah. for the Vic State team, yeah. the state country um, team. Who coached those teams? Uh, John Cosser from Charlton. For people who, who aren't sort of familiar with the way that that Vic country sort of system works, and I'm not 100% familiar with it, how, how many blokes typically get, get selected for a squad at squad level and then what's the, what's the process by which we whittle it down to, so the squad, to a team? Yeah, so I think, and over what period of time? Yeah, I think, well... The, the lead up to the game was around four, four or five weeks, and the squad initially, from from memory, was was 70, 70 players wow. um, from across Victoria, and they were selected from from obviously interleague games yep. um, that people had gone out and watched. I think there'd be like at least yeah three or four training sessions in the lead up on a Sunday, up in Melbourne. You'd go on a Sunday morning and train for for a few hours, and and then each week they just cut cut a few more and. I'd always be checking on how you'd be playing back at club level because yep. I remember I used to get, you know, I'd have conversations when I got up there on a Sunday yeah. saying, I saw you boys had a win on the weekend, you played well or whatnot. And and then, yeah, and from there, that's basically how it, how it works. It must have been a great experience just playing with, um, you know, at that level. Were there any, first of all, were there any big names that you played with that went on that you know we would have heard of. Yeah, well, in the um, when when I was playing for up in the championships at Wagga, I remember there was a there was a guy running around for New South Wales, Dane Rampey. Oh wow! Yeah, so he climbing the goalpost or anything? No, he wasn't climbing the goalpost, but uh, he went on to play. Um, yeah, for Sydney, yep. and he's uh, 150 plus games. Yeah, now. I think he just played his 150th recently. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. So played played with some good, yeah, good players. Actually, at the championships, I played with Dogger. Yeah, well, I was going to ask Dogger. you that. Yeah, uh, Matty Dyer, yeah, the Matty Dyer. league best and fairest, came down and played at Bowenhead. So I had heard that you'd met him through that mm. and uh, were instrumental in getting him down at the club. Yeah. Ripper bloke. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that year in the championships, Dog went, he, he just went nuts. He was, I reckon he was getting best on most matches yeah. in, that, uh, in that comp. And he was playing down the Gippsland League. Yeah, that stage, yeah, wasn't Gippsland. He? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I tried to get him, I tried to get in the heads the year after. He was I'm in an RM but come back to Geelong because previously he was playing at St Mary's. Yeah. And then a guy we played we played with in the team got him back to his club, and then it was a couple of years after that, that I still tried to get him, and he, he eventually came. Yeah. He, he he came to us from St Mary's. No, he oh, came from us from Wandon. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. yeah. 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 So, um, I just I know I do remember when he first came to the to the footy club that in the Addy it was said that you know he came from. Uh, from St Mary's or former, mm, St. Mary's. Yeah, former St Mary's Premiership player, player at St yeah, Mary's yeah. yeah best and fairest winner best and fairest, yeah, best winner, and fairest yeah. winner I think, yeah. I think so. I he might have even got a medal in a grand final yeah something, something like that he's pretty yeah. very highly credentialed oh yeah I think Absolutely. he got I think he actually got yeah I think he got voted the player of the carnival yeah which is pretty okay. um, yeah. pretty amazing to yeah. all the how long and how long do those carnivals go for well that one that one ran for oh I think over 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 three days Oh, and how many games would you play in those uh, three play, days? I think we played two, two a day. Wow! Mm. Yeah, what, are they obviously a short, yeah, shortened yeah, format? Yeah, yeah, shorter format. But you play two a day, and um, and then yeah, the the granny was on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other other thing I was going to say that I heard a bit of a, I reckon it was a rumor at the time. Could have been a truthful one. Around that time that you're playing, 
interleague and representing Victoria and that sort of thing, there was talk that you were going to be drafted. There was clubs knocking on your door and having a chat to you. Any oh. truth in that? Well, I, I heard those same rumours. I, I, I didn't know that there was any truth to it. Um, I did get asked to go and train at, at Cats yep. um, VFL. Yep. And then I, th- I, I suppose through maybe my own insecurities, I, I, I knocked yeah. that back and just stayed stayed at Bowen Heads. Um, again, didn't think I was probably good enough. And then had a few meetings with with a few GFL clubs to go and yeah. go and play there. And um, but yeah, again, knocked that back because Bowen Heads was home and yeah. was having fun with the Nothing boys and playing with your mates. Yeah, and I, I, I thought always thought if I wasn't taking my football you know serious, then well, if I wasn't going to make it to the yeah. you know to the big time, well, I just didn't see the point. Um, yeah, I was happy enough too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, have you won a couple of best and fairest down there, or have you been very close a couple of times? Uh, I've come runner-up uh, two years in a row, lost both by a point. Yeah, a couple thought. of runner, couple of thirds as well. Yep. Um, no, nah, so I've never been able to to grab the the best grab and fairest, but yeah, no, nah, two years in a row, I came runner-up by a point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, and mm. you've had you've suffered. Um, Quite a few injuries, especially in the last couple of years, you seem to be. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I when know. I saw you the other day and you'd done your elbow, I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, very frustrating. Yeah, you know, like, as I said to you, I think I said to you at the time, is, it, is, is there any chance you could put 10 games in a row together? <laughs> yeah. It feels like I haven't put 10 games in a row together for a long time. But, I mean, the frustrating thing is I, I do, I feel like I do all the work, you know. I look after myself and um, prepare well. And it's just been one of those things. Like, last year, broke my jaw. Um, I think, round, th- round three, I think if, it was. If I can offer a suggestion, it might be the way you play, Dizzy. Yes. Mm. You, you do play with a bit of kamikaze. <laughs> and I remember when you broke your jaw, you, and you, you sort of hit the ground. Yeah. I just thought, oh, geez, he's gone, he's gone really, really hard there. Yeah, I, probably, I, I think I was flying for the ball, and I probably shouldn't have gone up for it. And as a result, copped an elbow and, yeah, broke the jaw. And, and then that's last year, I was, I was coming back. I think it was my first 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 game back on the Thursday night training I slipped a disc in the back and oh, oh, that's so right. that was another five or that. six weeks yeah, um, and yeah lots the, of uh, lots of injuries over the, over the, the years the most recent one um, dislocated elbow in an interleague game yes uh, trying obviously a little bit too hard in the interleague yeah. game dislocated elbow in an interleague game that's got you out of the game as we speak now but mm. you're probably a little bit lucky um, there was a bloke on the sideline standing with myself and Matt Walter watching the game and um uh, just happened to be the club doctor at the Geelong Football Club. And so uh, Moose said to Jeff Allen, Jeff, you better go down and check him out because he's a Bowen Heads player. He's one of ours. So uh, Jeff uh, ran down to check how you were and he reported back to us that it wasn't good. It was a dislocated elbow. He but there did, was a suggestion. Jeff, Jeff he... did say that you enjoyed the pethidine stick that he gave you. <laughs> he gave him the green the whistle, green whistle. And he thought it was fantastic. Oh, it was fantastic. It was. It was great. Yeah, so how did you go back out? How did you, how did you hurt it? It was fall to the ground or was it a clash with I went to tackle tackle one of the guys and I just threw my arm across his across his arm and it just hit the right spot right power and managed to pop out and initially I thought the sound and and, and the feeling was I've, I've snapped my arm right um, and yep. I looked down and my arm didn't look didn't look right and then I just remember running off and yeah Jeffy Allen yeah. just came running out of the crowd and luckily he was there and said discated elbow come in here gave me the green whistle and Popped it back in. Happy days. Yeah, yeah. happy days. Yeah. He's, he's got a knack of being in the right place at the right time. I think we spoke about <laughs> yeah, this last yeah, week, and I won't, yeah. won't elaborate because yes. it'll embarrass one of my sons terribly, mm. but yeah. he um, he has got a knack of being in the right place at the right time. Mm. I, think he, I think he's been in the change rooms at Bowenheads a few times, particularly when his son Sam played a couple of senior games mm. at Bowenheads. Mm. Sam's up playing oh, for university uni or something. Uni Blues? Yeah, yeah Uni Blues, mm. I think, yeah. up in Melbourne while he's studying. So... Mm. Uh, Handy bloke to have, yes. standing by. Yes. And if I was to describe you, Dizzy, it would be as a utility player. You know, remember the old utility? And we actually used to have. I reckon used to have we a used trophy. to have a trophy. I was just going to say. Best utility. That. I got Who that was a the best utility? <laughs> best utility. Best utility. I thought it was because I drove a ute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you're obviously. You, your inner league has usually been as a defender. Yeah, defender. Always. Um, I mean, Vic Country and Interleague was always a, a key position, um, shut down, I suppose, role. Yeah, always a key defender, yeah. But, I, but you have been swung forward a few times. I remember you um, going forward a couple of times and kicking important goals for us and coaches who are a bit on the ball and trying to get, get match-ups 
and break oppositions, you know, by giving them the wrong match up and yeah. throwing you forward and yeah. you're kicking a clutch goal and then you go, oh, finally they've swung Dizzy forward, we need him forward, and then you you look around and he's back on the half-back half back line, line, you go, yeah. oh, mate, you know, we just needed to get a goal and we just got one and now he's yeah. back at half-back. Yeah, when Jimmy Garves and, and Wiz, Adam Wisen came on board to coach that year, they saw me as a, as a running player because I, I felt like I could, you know, I had a fair fair tank so I could I could run and I could obviously mark the ball and so they decided to throw me forward and I started off forward in the pre-season that year and had a good pre-season forward and they managed they, they kept me there and I think that year um yeah first game I think I kicked eight straight down at Anglesey and I thought oh. hey, this is pretty fun playing up forward and, yeah do this every yeah week. enjoy this and and stay there for the rest of the year and I think I managed to kick from memory I think it was close to 60 60 odd goals it was funny I could never make team of the year um, playing as a defender all those years and yeah. then first year as a forward ended up making centre half forward in the Ballerine team of the year, team of the year yeah. so which was uh, pretty funny. Isn't that um, funny? They pick you. They pick you to play in the league all year as a defender, but don't put you in the team of the year. Yeah. yeah. And then you go up forward. You wouldn't have played forward nah. in the interleague, and they nah, you never. get a game. Yeah. 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 Probably. That was a fun. That was a fun year. And then the year after, I think I managed to kick around forty again. And and then um, when Herbie and Bob came together, Bob knew I could play down back, and we needed. Well, needed see, stability it's either you or Herbie playing yeah, down back. Yeah. One, one going to be Herbie, yeah. wasn't it? And yeah. one and one of them's the coach. Yeah. 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 Speaking of Herbie and Bobby, you've played a lot of footy with Bobby. You've yes. played, you know, a lot with Mitch now. But what's it like having two blokes like that as coaches who are pretty much really good mates mm. that you've grown up with and that sort of thing? Oh, it's fan awesome. Really, really lucky. I've played the peak of my senior senior football with with two good mates. For one, those two just you know they just had the respect of the whole playing group yeah. when they came together. And yeah, I feel really lucky that I got to play with. You know, under them, like two great coaches, fantastic. Yeah. I think they had the respect of the whole, not only the playing group but the club, yeah, and the community. Yeah, definitely. Oh, just, well, you know. and it goes wider than that. The, yeah. the other footy clubs. Oh well, exactly right. Have, so, yeah. have, have all got that attitude mm, to, yeah. to it too, as 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 they should have. Yeah, very yeah. lucky, I suppose, to have two young men of that caliber within the town at the same time. Yeah, yeah, very privileged. It was always great growing up playing with Bob. You know, probably. Probably the best player I've played with, in my opinion. Just his attack and and his and his leadership skills were, you know, inspiring. Yeah. And then obviously with Herb, you know, there was always that idea of him coming back to Bowenheads one day, and mm. that, that thought of playing with him would be, you know, it was always um, in the back of your head. And it was great when he did jump on board. And yeah, like I said, get to play with two two good mates. It's pretty special. So you're a lot of mates down there. A lot of lot of mates from well, you mostly played footy and cricket yes. with yep, over, yep. over the years. Yeah. The nature of towns like ours and of footy clubs like ours is that we do have a bit of a, a transient playing community. Blokes come and they go, and yep. um, they spend two or three years at the club, or they, or say like a Jimmy Allen, someone like that, who, who goes through and plays a bit of footy with you, and then goes, or well, I've got to go off to the to the next level of yep. footy. Yeah, um, we had blokes that we played with, probably <clears throat> Suddy and mm-hmm. Simon Taylor. The yeah. blokes that went David, on and David Goddard, <coughs> David Goddard, yeah, who were a little bit older than us, but were you know were, I actually look forward to playing with those guys when I was a younger bloke, mm. and they were gone. Yeah. They went off and 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 never came back. No. Simon Simon Taylor came back, yeah. played one game, did his knee, and yeah. that was the that end, was of, the end it. of it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, Coinsley, I think it was. Yeah. Was it? Pretty sure it was. Yeah. With groups of of blokes like that. There's got to be a few characters that have come through, <laughs> come under your nose. We, we well, and, not and always those, necessarily senior players. I was just going to say that we used some of the funniest blokes and most entertaining blokes that I ever played footy with were wouldn't have got in the seconds at any other club than ours. <laughs> I just and saw just were fantastic, fantastic company, fantastic around the club. And you must have stories about blokes like that. I think, Nippy, you're going to say I, something I, about I someone. just saw a post on Facebook today, one of those exact people that we played with. He just went by the name of Tits. <laughs> and he's not, it was because his name was Ronnie Titheridge. Rod, Rod Titheridge, Rod Titheridge. Yeah, so the first three letters of his surname yeah. were T-I-T. And his head's popped up on Facebook today. Yes. And just big smile on his face, happy as Larry, like up, obviously up to no good. Doing something, but uh, yeah, and you just mentioned that then, those sort of blokes. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, remember Tank? Tank. 
<clears throat> Tony Veach. Yes. Yeah, yeah, little Tony Veach and blokes like that. And and Dutchy. Yes. Yeah, he used, yeah. To, he used to drive around in that Craig big... Craig Little. Little. He was the first player I ever saw play with gloves. Oh, really? Yep, he, he had a pair of riggers gloves. <laughs> yep. And he played in them. Gary Ablett had started and a couple of other guys in the AFL had started playing with gloves and he thought, oh, this is a good idea. I might have a crack at that. So, so he pulled a couple plural of... Plural gloves. Both? Just, hey? Both hands? Two, two, two gloves. Yeah, he looked yeah, like yeah. a yeah. wicket keeper. Yeah. <laughs> they were huge. They were too big for him. And he played in them. And he clunked them? Oh, no. He no. no. No, no good. No, no, they didn't no. help him. I don't think you didn't touch them. So, any, blokes like that? Yeah, over the years there's been absolute characters come through. I remember one bloke, I, I had a good mate who I grew up with, Daniel Hayes. Kuru fella, he he came and played, played a season with us under Pete O'Connor, yep. um, and I managed to get into the club. He was, he was drafted in Melbourne. Oh, I remember yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he was drafted in Melbourne yeah. as a rookie, and then trying to get Marnheads a few years, but anyway, ended up coming down for, for whatever reason, made the move to Geelong, and and he brought a friend, Les, his name was from from Bansdale, and Les came in, and he, as soon as he walked in, he owned the joint. Um, he was he was running training, and oh. Pete was Pete O'Connor was just standing there going. Who the hell is this guy? What's going on here? And and sure enough, reverse raffle comes around and, and Les has decided to take the mic and take over and I think he sent Wow or whoever was on his way and <laughs> Les took the mic over and, and started ringing out the uh, the numbers. God. But he'd come in, could barely run, but he'd, he'd come in and he'd, he'd, he started running the footy club. But one thing I'm really happy with with Barlin Heads is, you know, the guys we do get in, it's always been first and foremost a character, I reckon, yeah. over the years. And, yeah. you know, we do want to recruit good players, but first and foremost... Good people too. Yeah, it's I don't think yeah. we've managed but to do that without having it as a, a publicly listed thing about our club. But we do have a policy of no knobheads. Yes, seems to work. It does, and the, the occasional knobhead. Turns occasional up knobhead and they don't last very long. No, they don't really. last long, and they're out there. Yeah. No, occasional good person becomes a knob. Oh well, that, that can for happen. a short period of time. Every, and they, we've all been knobs in our day. Yeah, that's true. That's true, and that, and and a lot of those guys now are coming to the footy club and staying for a while. Yeah, exactly right. Not just staying while you know while the money's good or or whatever. Even yeah. even guys like Lucas Murphy. Lucas Murphy stayed yeah. a lot longer than I thought he would yeah. stay. We we talked about Lucas last week as as one of one of uh, BJ's heroes. And yeah, oh, he was probably like I think back at players I played with. He was my first year, first senior year. Yeah, you you felt safe around him. He was just a brute. You go to the footy some days and you think he's going to kick fifteen goals today. Yeah. And he, and he would he would kick fifteen yeah. behind. Yeah, mm. <laughs> he would he would have one of those days. Yeah, remember one day he kicked. I reckon he kicked one nine. Yeah, and and like from in, all from inside fifty. Yeah, and the one that he kicked was with his right foot from the boundary line. Yeah, yeah, he was the uh, he was the best player that I think I've played with. If I think back, what about um, obviously you get to the to the age of that that you are the twenty nine and the yeah. blokes that are coming through. Yeah, so nurturing those those guys, do you? Is, is that something that you that you take on yourself? Yeah, or? definitely. Yeah, I feel like you know a couple of weeks ago playing interleague with uh, young Zachy Walder, you know him coming up through the ranks, and and I feel like it's important to build those relationships with 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 those with those boys coming through, and because I remember when I think when I think back, you know those good the good people around the club that didn't manage to, I mean, did you know make your time there um, comfortable? Um, so it is important, I think, getting around and you know making them feel. Mm. There's some good kids coming through too. There's there is. Of, you know, Zach and um, so Noah Young had a run in the ones on the weekend. And, yeah, um, Don Booth. Don yeah, Booth. Yeah, Tommy Booth. I mean, yeah. even Braden Eddy, he's just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he just dominates week in, week out. And then obviously Cam O'Leary's taken a year off and gone overseas. Mm. And, Makes yeah. you feel old with all these young guys. It, yeah. yeah. it does make me feel old. And I don't, I mean, I don't feel it, but they do make me feel it. Definitely. What about off field? We've over our lives had a lot to do with guys who were who I never saw play. There's blokes who I, I never saw play footy who were around the footy club for a long time. A few of them have, have actually moved on now. Yeah, they are people that, from my remembrance of the old days of footy, yeah, they spin me out that they stuck around the footy club. They stuck around the footy and club. And the stuff they do, yeah, the things they do. We talk, we talk when we spoke with Wow about um, about WAP. Yeah. And um, that he, he hasn't played for ages. His son doesn't play at the club anymore. His daughter's still playing netball. And you go down there, you'll go down there and you'll see him dishing. He's in the dishing, yeah. yeah. Cooking up and doing the dishes, and, dishes or, and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what our, our footy club's, you know, built on. Volunteers like, like WAP and that's what drives us uh, as a playing group. 
you know, those volunteers and, and the community feel, which I think mm. we're super lucky here at Bowenheads. It does have that great community feel. And, you know, again, I feel really privileged to be a part of that because, you know, a lot of people in their lives don't get to feel that community, that, that, that family, I suppose, if I can put it. You know, you'd be having a horrible day at work and you go to training and you'd be walking out feeling, you know, happy with a smile on your face and you get up to the club rooms on a Thursday and you look around and you've got all these volunteers doing their work. And, yeah, so it's the stuff that's behind behind the scenes that, you know, that's what makes a footy club. Whenever we could, we'd always try and highlight that throughout the year, last year, in the lead-up, even the lead-up to the grand final, you know, trying to do it for the for all the, all the the you know, all the volunteers and all the people on the hill and... Just one one other thing I just wanted to ask you about. You've, you're very famous for wearing long sleeves. Where does where does the long sleeves come oh, from? I think I think initially I put it down as superstition because I'm a, I'm a very superstitious guy. But I think I think initially it was coming up through the senior ranks with you know spaghetti arms. I think I wanted to cover them up, <laughs> and then I managed to put on a, a bit of size uh, in the gym over the, over the years, and and it just stuck with me. I felt like you know I felt comfortable in them, even in those hot even in the hot days, I didn't want to be... Because uh, you haven't always worn um, long sleeves, have you? Did you wear long sleeves? Yeah, always in the junior. Yeah, in the juniors. Um, I mean, there would have been a game here or there where I went, wore short sleeves, but yeah, from memory, it was always short, uh, long sleeves. I was yeah. always a long sleeve player. Yeah? Always, yeah. I, don't, I just didn't like the cold, the wet, that sort of thing. Mm. So, and I usually had two jumpers too. I'd change one at half time, put a dry one on. <laughs> a f- there are a few photos going around of you with uh, that number one that you had on. Oh, was that, was, that was that was a one-off. That was a one-off. That because it was Easter Sunday, Battle of the Bridge, big game. We had a new set of jumpers. A lot of the blokes didn't get allocated their usual jumper, and I got thrown number one because I was the smallest. Oh, yeah, I'd probably get probably number seventy-four nowadays <laughs> <laughs> if they went up in size-wise. <laughs> But I was number one, and uh, I think the next week Dave Gubbins came and took the number one off me. Oh yeah, and had and it for I, a long time. And I, uh, yeah. and Bonnie Cameron came to me and she said, "What number would you like? I'll make sure it's long sleeves." And then I had a long sleeve number two. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Forgotten about that. I only wore long sleeves when it was freezing. Ah, oh, you're one of those. Yeah, no, just every now, every now and then I'd wear one, of, wear the long sleeves, but. The, I remember wearing long sleeves one day at Newcomb and it was wet like mud. Yeah. Three inches of water over the whole ground. Yeah. And getting rolled in it in the first quarter and going, Wow, these long sleeves just they just stink and yeah, they yeah, stuck yeah, yeah, and yeah. I I took them off at quarter time. I can imagine they got quite heavy back then. Yeah, oh yeah. Well they were woolen. Yeah, woolen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we yeah, I took because I the long sleeve jumper we had we didn't have enough to have a long sleeve and a short sleeve in our number. Yeah. So my Number fifteen, I wore over the top of it, so it was a, lo- was a long sleeve jumper underneath. So you get you get pretty hot, but also when you get wet, you get very wet yes. and cold. So not like the high tech jumpers they wear nowadays. No, no. Oh, I put um, my boys' uh, footy jumpers got washed, and I hung them out on the line. By the time I'd finished putting the pegs in the second one, yeah, the first dry. one was dry. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing, and they're light, and yep. they, they don't get stretched. Like, remember you used to, you, a bloke would grab your jumper, and you'd get, have a handful of jumper, you'd run two yards before yeah. you, you even felt the pressure, because <laughs> they just stretch out. Nowadays, you grab hold of it, and it's like pulls your fingernails yeah. out. Those were the days. Now, we touched on it, so we're going to talk about it. Take us through last year. First of all, the, the, the season, yep. and then we'll, we'll, we'll go through through yeah. the finals, and... Yep. and probably we'll touch yeah, so on the grand year, final to finish with yeah so last year i mean i think leading into the season i remember reading the addy and they you know they put out who they think is going to be up there or whereabouts and i think they had us at eighth or ninth you know really quite low and i remember our pre-season was just absolutely solid and we put a big emphasis on our pressure and and our tackling and you know bobby and mitch ha- had a direction where they wanted us to go and that high tempo f- football and so we knew internally that our football was, was pretty good. However, we couldn't imagine starting the season. I think we went, oh, if I remember, I think we went undefeated for a, for maybe eight. So I was just going to say yeah, seven or eight. Seven or eight games. And then, you know, oh, half... We didn't lose till we... Anglesey? Yeah. 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 Um, and that was a... They pinched that. Yeah, they did pinch that. Yeah. Um, so we, I think we went most of the year and playing that high tempo, pressure, roll up um, style of football. And 
getting towards the end of the year and I mean we didn't do a lot wrong I mean during the season and then come final time we we managed to play I think we played modder in the in the prelim in the second semi yeah in the second semi to get into the granny and we um we won by 10 goals so I suppose post grand final you have a lot of time to reflect and think back to what went wrong or what, what we could have done better and I mean, we're driven. Like we're so driven. You know, tw- I think twenty. How many? How many years was it that we didn't, hadn't won a flag? Twenty-five. Twenty-five yeah. years. And again, we, like I said earlier, we put a big emphasis on you know what this means to the club, but you know also what it means for us. We worked our absolute butts off to get where we were. And upon you know reflecting and thinking about thinking back to the day and you know where it went wrong. Now I hate to use cliches because sports and football you, you tend to use the cliches, but it's about moments. And I think we just didn't take our moments, and they brought the heat. Yep. I mean, they basically played the style that we wanted to play. They played Bowenhead style and suffocated us and just tackled hard. And and again, I think we just went to our shells a little bit. And I went to the second semi over at Port and I felt they were really good that day. I thought Motawari couldn't have played any better than they played that yeah. day. But we played just above them and just... And we kicked straight. And yeah, we exactly had, right. We yeah. had the breaks go our way. So like I said, we had moments. We had, to- we had you know, plenty of shots on goal to convert, especially in the first half. For whatever reason, they, they, they just missed or, yeah, we just didn't take them. You say that looking back, but when when you first started talking about the start of the year, the Addy had us at eighth, yeah. like in a 10-team competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. you sit there and say, well, the Addy had it at eighth. If yeah. someone had said to you, reading that, mate, you'll lose the grand final to a pretty good team. Yeah. You'd, you would nearly take it, You'd take you? it, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah, no one gave us a chance at the start of the year, but, but I mean, we were, we were so dominant last mm. year. So dominant. I don't want to say we were we were cocky, but we had this, you know, we had this feeling that no Self, team self belief, self belief. We had this anything huge, that's yeah, thrown anyone, at you. Yeah, exactly mm. right. Anyone, anyone that came at us, we're going to go twice as hard back, and and we could win because we knew our game plan stacked up against theirs, and you know we knew our pressure and our, our attack on the football was was going to get us over the line. But like I said, Modder just they played our style, and they obviously had the same passion. Yeah, same desire. Yeah. Well, that's the thing Lee Matthews says. He says, you go into the rooms on at any day and you ask the same questions of the same people, you get the same answers. They all mm. think they can win because of this and this and yeah. this. And grand final, it's rarely because th- someone turn around and go, oh, no, we don't give a shit. We, exactly that's why right. we lost the grand final. Yeah. We didn't care. Yeah. It's, it's not that. It's no. It's just that somebody's got to win, don't yeah, they? Yeah, the reality is someone's got to win. You mm. know, there's got to be a winner, there's got to be a loser. And unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, it was us that day. And. I mean, the build-up to that week, I remember it was just, oh, you know. It was who, just, who did you have the job on in the grand final? Luke Forbes. Forbes, yeah, Forbes very, he. very experienced GFL footballer who's yeah. been at the top of the tree on many occasions. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a dangerous, dangerous yeah, forward. You only have to give him an inch. Exactly right. Yeah, And, he can, and he'll kick him from anywhere as yeah, well. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so had the job on him. Yeah. They had another pretty good key forward too model worry didn't they they did have a fairly experienced experience. uh, what was his name Nathan uh, Nathan yeah, Ablett. Ablett played a bit of football in his day and just a bloke with that experience in your team's going to help said, I thought model as I said model I thought model were really good in that second semi he never touched it nah mm. he never got near it nah Not, I don't think he was the difference but in, on grand final day all of a sudden he he had three legs and he yeah. was he was three inches taller than he was yeah. the week before And it's yeah. amazing Um, yeah it's amazing what a week in football, the turnaround it can be. And, and again, I think momentum, they just had momentum. And momentum so hard to stop, yeah. especially on such a big occasion like a grand final. Yeah. As soon as you get your tails up. You get a taste yeah. of it. And I can't imagine what would have happened if we kicked those you know, those first few goals in the first quarter. You yeah. know, what could have been? Should have been one six, Exactly six, right. One. Exactly. What could have been? Because I think our mindset, it did change. You could feel it. Even half-time. I remember we came in and we were just absolutely... We were like we were fit team last year, really yeah. fit. But we came in at half time and there were blokes laying on the floor, tops off, blowing. Um, and I remember looking around, going, "Shit, we're knackered here." And I think I think in the build up, the strain mentally as well. Mm. You know, you're mentally exhausted. You're, you're mentally exhausted. But then to go out and and to have that dished up to you, yeah, it was it was hard work. And they were just yeah. And you have an expectation too through the week. You like you don't want to. You sort of don't want to jump too far ahead and think too far ahead, but you can't help it, can you? you no, you have can't. that expectation. Oh, this is this is the day yeah. I'm gonna do well. Yeah, I'm gonna beat my opponent. Yeah, this is, these things are going yeah. to happen. Yeah, and you can't even. And I mean, it's hard they, not to. They think. have that same expectation as as I said before. They they bring it too. Yeah, so, mm. and yeah. and they've got the experience of 
they lost the grand final two years earlier. Yeah. Didn't they? So they had what we've got now. Exactly right. You know, that, that probably more desire because mm. they don't want to lose and they a whole group of those blokes that want to want redemption. Yeah, exactly. I think that that work you did, that hard work that you did all year and the, and the, and the great season that you had, I think that the people of the community and the foot, certainly the people of the footy club appreciated that. Yeah. And it was fairly evident on the night that we had oh, yeah. at the club yeah. after, the, after that. How, what was the feeling amongst the players around that? Because amongst the people like myself and, and Nipper, um, who've been around the footy club for a, a really long time, as disappointed as, as we were with the result, we were not disappointed in the endeavour no. or the players. Yeah. No, there was never, there was nothing like that. No. I remember Bobby Wallace coming up and apologising to yeah. me. I said, mate, why have you apologised? Yeah. Mm. You've just given us the best ride for six months that yeah. we've ever had. I know. And I think yeah. I think because we see what it means to this, this town and what it means to the people that... that that are involved at Bowenheads Football Club, and like I said earlier, we do put an emphasis on those on those people, and you know what the club's built on. I think we did feel a lot of responsibility going into the game. It's been 25 years since we won the premiership, and we know how much it does mean to all those supporters and, and volunteers that, that put in those hours, you know, those cold chilly days up on the hill, coming to cheer us on. We did feel a heap of responsibility to to, to win that game for those people. And I suppose after it, it, it like like Bobby going up and apologising, it did feel like that that we needed to mm. do. But but like you said, Ted, going back to the ga- going back to the rooms, the amount of people that were there and the support we had, it was unbelievable. It was a weird feeling because you get back there and it's, I suppose I could use the term bittersweet. I don't know if that's the right but the right term. But you get back there and although it's been, you know, a really upsetting and shattering day, you get back there and see the support. It's you did feel good going back there. Because we played in, in one grand final. We won it. So the ride home, you've got a fairly good expectation of what you're, yeah, gonna, what what you're walking into. Yeah. But uh, after a, a game like that and a performance like that, which was under par for, yeah. for you guys. Yeah, definitely under par. You, driving back, you could you could easily be forgiven for expecting to walk into an empty room. Yeah, honestly, I, I did not... There'd be the 22 of you I think there sitting was, there with the coach. There wasn't a space in that room. No. No, not a space. And you get there and... I mean, everyone was just so happy that we made the grand final and they were proud of us. You'd have to say, in the whole context of the season, bar one game, it was a successful season. Mm. Just that that one game was probably the most important one of the year. Well, Andy Andy Phillips said to me, they played 40 bad minutes for the year. That was Mm. it. And unfortunately, it was today. Yeah, that that was it. Probably played 10 bad minutes against Anglesey in that first game you lost and, and 30 against... You know, in in spates against Modder in the grand final, and he said that's pretty much it for yeah, the year. Yeah, no, and then that's that's true. You know, and they, and they're not minute necessarily minutes where you do, you don't dominate every minute of of every season, and you didn't. But you but there were times when during last year where clubs did bring it and clubs did dominate you and get in front of you and get on top of you. Yeah, and you managed to just suck suck it up. Yeah. Absorb it yeah. and then bounce back from it and win games where you were probably not the best, not at your best. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, not necessarily. Certainly the best team out there, but not necessarily at your best and get yeah. through it. Definitely. Um, and grand final day. I mean, the expectation on the hill at Drysdale was, uh, well, we got our second half. You know, we have been doing this a yeah. bit. So it, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and like, well, I mean, if you look on paper, you know, our team, it was a great, well balanced team, but it wasn't full of. Superstars. superstars no it no. wasn't you know it wasn't you know you look at the other teams like you know Geelong Amateurs and yeah. and, and and Mottawari even you know they've got a team full of absolute stars yeah. um, but we I mean we bought into what we wanted to play and we had two great coaches that we that had the respect of the players and literally we we would do everything that we could each week to make sure we get those four points one another it was a really it was a great yeah it was a great year a really good year barring that one day yeah yeah and how are you feeling about this year? Yeah, this year, um, obviously coming back, you obviously have that desire to, to, to go one better. And I think we've, you know, we've recruited really, really well. Got some really good players in. Haven't lost a whole heap. And we've managed to, yeah, like retain the list. And I think at the moment, started off well. Even against Model Worry, going out there, I think we won by 40-odd 40, 40 points. And we still we felt we didn't, we didn't play our best game. Coming up with the reigning premiers and obviously getting, just losing against Amos, We've been inconsistent, definitely. And I think we're not playing the style of football we were playing last year. That high intensity, up in their face, pressure. 
I think we've got to get back to playing that way. I think you'll see that over the next few weeks. Our pressure and our intensity at the ball carrier, you know, that roll-up, um, I think that's what we want to get back to playing. I think at the moment, just being a, a spectator on the sidelines with the injury, you know, I think our confidence is, is down a little bit at the moment. But um, And a lot of that stems back to, as you say, there's, there's injuries, there's been a couple of suspensions, yep. consistency in the playing group. Yeah, we so, haven't had it. Yeah, so when you, when you get that, you have a little bit more confidence. Yeah. And um, and, you, and you can start working on things. You know what we've done, Nipper? What have we done? You know what done, we've done here? We have allowed ourselves to descend into serious football talk, oh, which, is, which is something that the could have been shunned, and we yes, probably should too. So yeah, I, think, we I think we need to move, we need to move on from that. One of why my head was starting to ache a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of well, serious football Well, I know how to move on to that. What does the future hold in football for Dizzy? Being a school teacher, I find it... I mean, I love, I love football. Yep. absolutely love it. And I feel like I've got to still got to... You know... I suppose having the injuries, I haven't put a whole heap of games together and I, I suppose my body still feels pretty good. Just keep going as long as you can? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I think the love of it's still there. And like I said earlier, it's, it's you know, you can have a, a crap day at work and come to training and feel good being, yeah. being around the boys and that camaraderie you have and it does lift your spirits. And I, I do love I do love that. I love the family feel you have when you play football. So if I can hold on to that for a few more years, that'd be great. And further down the track... I'm a keen observer of football. Love watching it, and I, I like to think one day maybe get into a bit of junior junior coaching. Yeah. Or you could just go down the path of some of the uh, former legends of the Barnage Football Club, like Chucky Peace, Dennis Johnson, that just go out there and catch waves all day. Yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, that would be in, nice. In, in their sixties, and yeah. they still, still love you surfing. surfing yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. You know, before as a kid, it was before school, after school. Mum would be there with the boards packed, going to surf Noosa Point till dark. She'd be flashing yeah. her lights for me to come in. Yeah, that was every day of the week. Every day of the week. But yeah, I, I just I still love it, and I, I do try and surf as much as I can during the summer months, definitely. But during winter, obviously, it's quite cold. A bit hard, isn't it? <laughs> a bit hard. But also with football, yeah, football does come first. Um, but I do try and get out there as much as I can. But yeah, it could be could be that. Get back mm. into surfing and. I love my swimming. We talked a lot about your injuries. Yeah. And I heard this question asked from somebody the other day. It's not serious football talk. It's just serious life talk. What have you learned about yourself from being injured? It's probably one of those one of those um, questions where you describe the style of play that Dizzy brings to the ground. And it is, is it tough or is it stupid? Um. Sometimes it can be a fine line. I'd like yeah. to think, yeah, I'd like to think I've, I've been an honest footballer. And when I say mm-hmm. that, I like to think I've been, I've been true to, to having that attack on the football. And, you know, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Yep. I definitely wouldn't call myself the most courageous footballer or, or the most toughest. But I like to think I'm, I'm, I'm an honest footballer. And I, mm-hmm. when, it, when it has been my time to go, I, I have gone. But I suppose being injured so often, getting back to your question, Ted, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to answer it. I don't know how to answer that. No, I mean, right. I, I suppose... Well, just be unlucky too. Yeah, it could be. I think yeah. I'm just unlucky. Yeah, because I was more thinking about how you how you handle... Because I loved playing. Yeah. And I hated being injured. Yeah. And I wasn't... I had a few injuries, a couple of bad ones, but when I got back, I got back for long periods. Uh, yeah. how, how do you, how do you think, handle that? Actually, yeah, reflecting on your question, I think I've become... I've, you know, having injuries puts things into perspective. You know, it, it is just an injury. And it is just football. And, you know, there's more to, there's more to football... And I think reflecting on injuries, you know, still how lucky I am to be able to be out running, mm. you know, and playing with my mates and, and being healthy despite the injuries. So I think I've, I've come to appreciate being injured so much, appreciate life, really, if I don't want to get, I don't want to get too deep. But I suppose my patience has, has grown as well. Things happen, but there's a lot of other people worse off than you. So I think it's accepting and not getting, not getting too down on it. But yeah, appreciating what you, ha- what you do have. Yeah, good answer. Very good answer. Good answer. Very, a little bit. So deep. it might be time to start looking at the two truths and a lie yes. now. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Now, just run us through what they were again, in case we've forgotten, because I've, I remember you, you had a hole in one. Um, on the little par three. Yeah. Which hole was it? Hang on, let me count. They're all them. the same. No. They're all par three. Depends which way you. Depends where you start, isn't it? <laughs> it was yeah. the. Um... Depends whether you paid or not. <laughs> It was the, uh, oh, the one, yeah, never paid. Second hole of the old course. 
think it was 157 meters from from, yeah. from memory. It's a long one down. Yep, I know the one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you play. Yeah, second hole. It was open up to so the other hole coming back. I think. Yeah. 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 Saved a girl's life yep. in the summer down at the beach, and played football for Port Arlington and Motorway. Yeah, no, nah, I don't reckon it's that. I reckon it. I, re- I don't reckon you. I reckon you've saved someone's life. You're the type of bloke that would save someone's life yeah, if yeah. you're in the position. So that's true. And you know what? The other thing I'm thinking is a bloke who couldn't get a game in the under-18s, they might have taken him along to play against an opposition who didn't have enough and given him to them. So maybe you haven't had the hole-in-one. That's my call. I reckon I reckon a lot of people have had a hole-in-one on the path three at Parliament. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Port Arlington Motawari. Because one of the opening things that you asked him was, so when did you start? Yeah, Where have you I played know. your footy? And he said, I've played all my footy at Bowen Eads. Yeah. It's the only club he's ever played for. So what is it? Do you know what? I actually think I, st- <laughs> I stuffed up and gave you. They're all true. They're all they're true. All true. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, we're both right. Then. Yeah. So I, um, I did have, I, I had the wrong. three and I, I changed it last second when I came in here. <laughs> I was like, oh, That's I'm going to give. Yeah. So no, they're all true, actually. Yeah. Um, so what? How did the Model Warrior and the Port Arlington one? Well, like you said, I, I, and when you were talking through, I was like, "Shit, how am I gonna? How am I gonna hide this? How am I gonna? If I talk about my football career, how am I gonna yeah. hide not playing?" So, like I said, under 18s couldn't get a game. Chuffy Miles used to. Yeah, there was a few of us that, that that couldn't get a game. If we wanted a game, um, he'd get on the phone and call Port Arlington and call Model Warrior that had had two teams going at the same at times. And so, you know, those got. I think there was about three or four weeks in a row couldn't get a game, and so. Joff would pile his car full of kids and would go play either for Port or for, for Motawari and pull the jumper on and uh, yeah so I've played I've played for Port Arlington and, and Motawari well, Port Arlington love to have you at centre half back <laughs> yeah. at the moment all for the last 10 years yeah, yeah you're yeah. not wrong and yeah last last uh, during the summer saved a girl's life down yeah. at uh, 13th Beach and then managed to hit a hole in one on the second hole at yeah. Bowen Heads there you go talk there us through you. saving a girl's life yeah I was I mean, just walked it, just walked down to um, second car park at Thirteenth, and I remember I was down there and I was looking at the conditions, and even for you know experienced swimmer surfer, I think it was one of the worst. I think it was, I can't remember if it was a, if it was a public holiday or, or or what it was, but I remember there was a lot of people down the beach, and I remember looking at the conditions and thinking this is serious, like yeah. you know the currents, the, the size of the swell, and there were just there was just people down there, and you could tell they were they were, they were tourists, and yeah. um, they, I suppose. They were carelessly just, you know, swimming, swimming in the water, and I remember I was just sitting there and I couldn't lay down. I couldn't lay down and not watch because I felt like yeah. something was going to happen. Yep. I just couldn't put put my head down, so I just sat there and I was watching. And sure, sure enough, I was watching these group of, um, I suppose, kids or, or teenagers on bodyboards just getting swept out. And there was, you could just see, you could count the rips, like you could just say yeah. one there, one there, one there. And I was watching, and then sure enough, see a bunch of these teenagers out. And there was two girls and two guys, and they were on bodyboards, and this rip was just taking them, and two of them had had broken off from them and tried to come in. And next minute, I hear this girl, this lady from the shore, scream, saying, oh "My God, this girl, she's in trouble, she's in trouble!" And sure enough, look up, she, her hands are out of the her hands yeah. out of the water, calling for help. And I start running, and the guy starts running next to me, saying, "Are you a good swimmer?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can, I can swim." Yeah. And so I jumped in and just started swimming out to her, and I reckon she would have been. A, like with the current, I think she could have been 25, 30, even 40 meters offshore. Wow. It just had taken yeah. her and I got out to her and he, he put his flippers on because he, he was um, bodyboarding. He yep. put his flippers on and swam out with me and I managed to grab a board as I was going on my way out and got out to her and she was just in her hysterics and yeah. just saying, help me, help me. And she was coughing up water. Yeah. And you know when someone's in, in a panic and you know that's yeah. the worst, yep. that yep. state is just... And she was holding this other, this poor guy, holding him under, and he was struggling. And so, had to we had to pull. Lucky the other guy came out, and so we had to pull both of them back in. And it took, I reckon, it took about a good fifteen minutes to swim wow. in, uh, to swim against against the tide to get out of it. And then, because the thought process was, oh, we'll just go out, we'll just let the grip take us. Yeah. That's what you normally do. But the swell was huge, like yeah. massive. And so we thought, oh, let's try and swim across. Managed to get into a bit of a channel and, and swim back in, and she got to the she got to the sea, and there was a bit of a crowd around us, and she was just coughing up water, and encouraged her to go um, or someone to call the ambulance, but they didn't want that. 
but it did encourage her to go to hospital because obviously there's a secondary drowning yeah. that could happen. So that was a bit of experience. Yeah, yeah it was pretty pretty amazing. So have you been tra- have you been surf lifesaving? You trained? No, I've never done. I've, I've, I've actually grown up on the beach. Aid? Never any first aid. Or uh, I've done my first aid stuff with, through school yeah, and work, yeah. but I've never done surf lifesaving. Watch um, Bondi Res- Rescue. Yeah, watch Bondi Rescue. <laughs> but I'm. A, I love swimming. Uh, I've yeah. done I've done the open water swims, Peter Pub, yeah. Blue, Blue Water Challenge down at Queenscliff, and yeah. I do. You're like, in that in the water that much, you know. Yeah, exactly. What to do I've grown what, up. What's going to happen? I've grown yeah. up on the water, so I was pretty confident that I could help her. And lucky I was just I was there because looking around, there wasn't too many people yeah. that could have gone out and helped her. So I think oh. it was just you know right place, right time. I saved a girl once in the river, Did a little je- little jetty, bow on heads. Yeah, um, ozone. Yeah, ozone, yeah. little jetty. I was, uh, I reckon I was about 15 or 16, and I'm pretty sure I was with Tim Goddard. I went down the beach for a swim, and this girl had jumped off the jetty. You saved her from Tim Goddard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this girl jumped off the jetty and went under and came up and then went down again and then went down again, and she was she was struggling, and the hands were up and flushing around. And Tim and I sort of looked at each other and thought, she's in trouble. So while Tim's getting his shirt off, I just ran to the water, dived in, and I think I might have had his shirt off. <laughs> um, and dived in and grabbed her and just sort of put my arm around her waist and I think sort of half side scrape, backstroke, swum her back into shore. It was only 10 metres then. It was pretty easy. And I dragged up the shore and I said, are you all right? And she started crying and ran off. <laughs> and that was it. I'm that standing there with a wet T-shirt, wet shorts. <laughs> we didn't have any phone in my pocket. There was no mobile phones then. But... Uh, yeah, I'm just sitting there like that, and Timmy was still standing on the beach as dry as anything, and <laughs> I'm standing there looking like an idiot, and yeah, she probably didn't even go and tell anyone, so it's only me and Tim that remember that story. Tim's probably forgotten it. <laughs> Nothing like yours, though, busy. Uh, no, that was a, that's, that's a terrific story. Yeah. That's hero status. Yeah. No. Anyway, mate, it's been fantastic to have you along. Thank you very much for coming along. Oh, I've loved it's it, It's always great to have our older, younger blokes <laughs> come yeah, down and have a chat. We are trying to tell the, the history of the footy club, but it's the history from now backwards. Yeah. And at certain periods of time, we'll have the modern and the current players because, well, last year's certainly part of our history. You know, we haven't played in a lot of grand finals and to have a, a season like we had last year, and uh, you've been a big part of it. And you've been a big part of the growth that we've had from a struggling club up to a club that can mm. contend. Mm. And we haven't always been able to contend. And now we are in contention most years, or, you know, yeah, certainly making finals regularly. Yep. Where we haven't done that, we've made the finals and then gone missing for four years, and yep. we're doing it regularly now. And, yeah, I think we've and that, foundation. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And there's history in that. Yeah. So you know, as we say, you go out and make your own history, and you're part of that at the moment. Yeah. So it's been a pleasure to have you along. Really appreciated your time. No, love thanks very much, Dizzy. No, thanks for having me. Hope no we'll see you back on the field very shortly with yeah, the elbow do. intact. Yeah. yeah. The hopefully long sleeve running around. Only a couple of weeks, hopefully. Very there good. You go. Do your thing, Russell. Pick up your ass. Pick up your glass. Stop your talking and start walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Cheerio. As you can tell from that conversation, Dylan has had a fantastic ride with our club. From a kid who wasn't able to get a game to state honours with Vic Country, he's been to both extremes of the game. The term hero is used a little loosely at times, but as you heard there, he's not only clearly one of the club's heroes on the playing field, he has credentials as a hero off the field as well. And the fact that even when we compelled the bloke to tell a lie, he produced three truths, speaks volumes for the type of man he is. Hopefully Dizzy is around the club for many seasons to come because people with his passion for the game and the club are hard to find. Thanks again to Dylan for his time and to the Beach House at Barwon Heads for the venue we record the episode. And thank you all for listening. The feedback that we're getting and the support for the project is very rewarding and we hope to keep bringing you interesting conversations. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Trail on the Wing. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And time is called and we must piss off.